Welcome to the Kenosha City Church Podcast. In today's message, we'll take a look at the end times through the eyes of the New Testament prophets and Jesus as we learn how the gospel is still the answer. Enjoy the message. The entire Bible looks at the big picture with the end in mind. Jesus had the end in mind when he commissioned his church as he ascended into heaven. So let's look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20. And it says this, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Notice that Jesus gave us a mandate to make disciples of all nations. Every people group, every tribe and tongue, all nations. And in order to make disciples... We must begin by sharing the good news of the gospel. The gospel that, that, that he gave us. So in this mandate, this mission for you and I is in effect until, like Jesus said, the very end of the age. Jesus is coming back. Let me say that again. Jesus is coming back. There you go. And we are called as his church to advance his message until he comes back. We may not know. In fact, I can say this with confidence. We don't know when he's coming. But we do see the signs of the times which are pointing to a broken world in need of a Savior. A broken world that needs hope. And that hope can only, only, exclusively be found in our Lord Jesus. Jesus is the answer. So we have an urgent mission. We have an urgent message to share as we draw closer to the end of the age. There, I don't know about you, but for me, in my heart, there is a sure urgency to hit the road and start telling people about Jesus. That there is a God in heaven who loves them and desires to have a personal relationship with them through His Son Jesus. And that was a good place for an amen. Yes. So help me preach this morning. <laughs> now we're taking a little detour today from the book of Revelation. As Pastor Andy uh, shared about the end times last week. This week we're talking about the uh, gospel in relation to the end times, the second coming of Jesus. But the best way that I can do that is by sharing with you how this gospel, this precious and amazing message of grace and mercy, 
this precious message of God's providence worked out in my life, in my personal life. So my, my testimony is just a message of God's grace and his providence. And you're going to hear me talk about grace and providence a little bit, okay, throughout this. And you will also hear me talk about the urgency, people's urgency to share the good news so that somebody, so that someone prays to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. So I will begin by sharing with you Ephesians 2. Um, the book of Ephesians 2, verses 8, 9, and 10. And it says this. I should have had it ready to go. It says this. For by grace, there is the word grace, you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so, in so many instances here in my life, there are some spiritual markers that have gone all throughout my life that show how God, how the gospel worked in my life. Uh, so this may seem a very interesting picture for a message about the end times. But this is how the work of the gospel impacted my life. Let me ask you this question. Where would any of us be today if it wasn't for the, the grace of God. I will be lost. I would be blind. I wouldn't have hope. I wouldn't have a future. Even at age 59 that I am today. So it is only because of God's grace. And his divine providence. That I stand before you today. But there is also really something very important that you need to know. And that is that it's only because people heard the good news. God, they responded to the call to go and make disciples. Okay. And they came to me and shared the good news of Christ so that I can be saved and I can do the same. It's the process of multiplication that Jesus preached all throughout his life here on earth. All those three years that he trained those 12 disciples of his. The 12 and there was a hundred others who responded to the call to go and make disciples of all nations. And that's the reason why, if you know Jesus, if he is your personal Savior and Lord, is the reason you're standing here with me today. Amen? So, I was born in the country of El Salvador. I was uh, born to 
political refugee parents from Honduras. My father had fought in a conflict in the country of Honduras, and there was war and death. And uh, you can imagine all kinds of things. You've, you've seen the images of the wars in Ukraine and in Israel. It's very similar. And uh, hostilities and conflicts were an everyday thing in El Salvador in those days. So on August 20th, 1972, my father was ambushed at a stoplight. And he was shot eight times. And on August 28th, on my eighth birthday, my father passed away. He lived eight, eight days after his, he was shot. And so from that time, I began a journey seeking for role models and father figures to fill this void left by the perils of political violence. Next thing we knew, my mom was getting phone calls and threats that her children were going to be kidnapped. That was me, my sister, she's younger, and my brother. I'm the oldest of three. And my mom decided it was time for her to pack up his, her kids and move to the country of Honduras, her country. And so he, we moved to Honduras an overnight thing, a taxi cab dr drove us to the border between Honduras and El Salvador. And uh, when we went across the bridge into the land of Honduras, that's kind of where I started to see uh, the hand of God at work. That I'm telling you about that spiritual, that, that's one of my earliest spiritual markers in my life. I was brought up Catholic, a traditional religion, religious family in Central America. I went to parochial schools in elementary. I, I served the church as an altar voice, uh, as an altar boy. You can imagine me with my little ruffle vest, and yeah, I look pretty cute. So before services before chapels I had to go and walk through the entire chapel all the way to the back to get myself ready to go and when I entered that chapel there's all kinds of um, altar places uh, but there was the one in particular that most of them were the saints of the church and but there was the one in, mo in particular that I was drawn to and where I stopped and did the sign, you know, I went through all of that. And it was the altar where Jesus was hanging on the cross. Jesus was a, an amazing attraction for me. And so that was a spiritual marker also that I remember. And uh, so the gospel has not entered the picture yet. I had a lot of questions about God and Jesus and all of those things. And so, as Henry Blackaby, he wrote a book, um, uh, Experiencing God. I don't know if how many of you have ever read that book before. 
But that he talks about that, the very thing, the spiritual markets in your life that really make an impact. And that, those are the reasons you, it, it, those spiritual markers draw you to Jesus. So by God's grace, when I was 14 years old, I was now in, in high school, my friend had a friend named Luis. He came into the library when I was, I was doing some studying and writing something up for class. And um, he comes in. I had not seen him in a while. And he said, hey, Osmar. He said, can I talk to you? I said, hey. He said, I haven't seen you in a while. So he sat next to me. And uh, he told me about what had happened and why I had not seen him only in class. But outside of class, we were not hanging out anymore. And he said to me, Osmar, I joined this group called the Alpha and Omega Youth Group. I said, isn't that the group that meets here at the school? And they sing songs and they read the Bible. And all that? Yes, that's the group. And so he said, my life has changed completely. He says, these missionaries came and they put on this group called Alpha and Omega. And, says, and they told me all about Jesus. And so for the next 20 minutes in that library was the first time somebody shared the good news of the gospel with me. I have never heard it like that. I've had all plenty of religious things and religious activities and catechisms and things like that, but I never really heard why. Why Jesus came. And uh, I, now let me put the dots together. Because somebody heard the good news and understood that before the end times, we need to answer the call to make disciples of all nations, and, but we need to go. Like Jesus said, and they answer that, that, that mandate to go and make disciples. And they came to Honduras to preach the good news. And that message of the gospel made its way into the library where I was sitting. And for the first, you see how that works? It's the urgency that people felt. Faithful people, people that Know that the gospel must be preached to all people before the end comes. Before the return of Jesus. We have, to, we have to tell this message of grace and mercy. And the message of providence that can only be found in Jesus. So, that's I heard the gospel that day. But when the question came to me... After Luis, he said, Osmar, are you ready to meet Jesus? I said, no. I said, I'm good with Jesus. Thank you, Luis. You know, go on your way. Luis continued on. He didn't bug me. He kept going to Alpha and Omega. And I kept going my own way. I did not respond to the gospel. But I heard it. A seed was planted in my heart. And as you know, just by listening to my testimony here, you know that seed laid dormant inside of my heart. The gospel. 
One year later, after that, now at 15 years old, I contracted a virus, a weird virus that throw, threw me into convulsions. I was so sick, my mom and my grandmother, they thought I was going to die. Because I will go into convulsions and I will have this huge unbearable uh, migraines that it will make me uh, jump out of bed. and uh, it, it was just an awful time for me. Doctors didn't know what to do, but they gave me a medication that had me bedridden for a couple of weeks. And he said to my mom, make sure that he doesn't go out in the sun because there will be a bad reaction with these drugs that we're giving him. So I went to my house. Uh, they sent me to home, and I was laying in bed sick, and they taking the medication, and my mom and my grandmother praying by the side of my bed. And so I had a cousin named Alejandro who lived in the same uh, com family complex that we lived in in Honduras. And he was coming home, and uh, he said, ah, before, before I, um, uh, I go to my house, I'm going to stop and visit Osmar. So he came up to my room, and he said, hey, man, how you doing and stuff? And we're having a conversation, and all of a sudden I look at him. He's holding a book in his hand. And uh, I said, so what is that? He said, oh, he said, well, I was coming, he was coming from uh, school in the city and heading to the uh, bus station. And he said, there was a group of gringos with these bullhorn things. <laughs> and it's, it's, excuse the expression of gringo, right? <laughs> That's what he, I'm telling you what he said, right? <laughs> And he said, and one of them grabbed me, and he said, put this book right here. And I was, and, and he said, it's in Spanish. And I'm like, oh, okay. I said, you want it? He says, yeah. So I, he handed it out to, to me, and lo and behold, it says in the cover, it says, the good news for modern man. It was a copy of the New Testament. And I'm going, I'm, I'm in bed. We didn't have, you know, t TV sets that fit in the, your bedroom in those days, you know. <laughs> Black and white television. We didn't have any of that. So what did I do for the next few days? I read that book from cover to cover. It was the story of Jesus. The story of Jesus. I had never, my family had this big, gigantic Bible. <laughs> it was a Catholic Bible. And uh, it had more books. You get more bang for your buck for, you know, Catholic Bibles. And it had, I mean, it was, I kid you not, it was so large that, you know, how can you just sit there and read it? It was kind of a hard thing. But I remember the pictures inside of it. Well, I had never been given a copy of the Bible in a language that I could understand. So I sat there reading the story of Jesus in my bed at 15 years old, another spiritual marker. 
in my life. The grace of God and his providence at work in that moment. Never read the good news of the gospel before. And now I'm, I'm sitting there going, wow. All because missionaries heard the call and the mandate that Jesus gave 2,000 years ago to go and preach the good news and make disciples of all nations before the end times. Isn't that amazing how that works out? How the, work, how the work of the gospel has made its way into our lives. And this is only my story. I'm sure if I handed you this microphone, you can share another really, really amazing story of God's grace and providence. And how the gospel made its way into your life. So I'm reading about Jesus in my bed. And I'm in awe. And I am finally understanding, wow, this is Jesus is amazing. Yeah, I mean, he is amazing. And I closed the book and, you know, it got on the shelf. I recovered from my sickness. Praise God. You know, I've really today, in retrospect, I can say that, that I was healed by his grace and mercy in my life. And so, and that leads me to one of the most important Spiritual markers in how the gospel made its way into my life. And why it's important for us to share the gospel with people. So I share this part of the story almost every time I'm here. Because this building, this house, is very significant in my life. Because I was sitting back there. On this side of this island, in this building, four years later, four years after I read the good news, and I found myself here in this building and hearing a message about the prodigal son that captivated me. And the story of the son was not really the point that I was like, the son, okay, the one, the prodigal who went off and squandered. The wealth that his father, his inheritance had given him, right? No, it was not the son's story that I, it was captivating me in that moment. But rather, it was the love of a merciful, loving, forgiving God. And the gospel was going forth. So in that moment, April 22 of 1984, sitting in this very building over there, okay? In, back then, there were pews in this building. I like the chairs you guys have now. Just a little, you know, uh, detour there. And uh, when Pastor Jerry said, would you like to receive the free gift of salvation? In that moment, remember that seed that was planted? The gospel? Who laid dormant in my heart. In that moment, that seed started. It woke up. It came alive in my heart. And that was my day. That was the day when I responded to the gospel. And I was never, never the same again. 
This is how it works in God's kingdom, in his story. People hear the good news. Pastor Jerry Stranquist, who was preaching here in that morning, he heard the gospel. He answered to the call to go so that he can preach the good news before the end, before Jesus comes back, so that somebody from Honduras sitting in Kenosha, Wisconsin, can receive the free gift of salvation. That's how it works. It's, if you talk to somebody about Jesus and they don't respond, don't worry. <laughs> Just walk away knowing that you were faithful to the message. You were faithful to the mandate of Jesus to go and preach the good news. It's not up to you that they get saved. It's not. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. All we have to do is tell them about Jesus. If you hand somebody a Bible so they can hide the word of God in their hearts, okay, so they can discover the amazing love of God, okay, that, that's great. They may not know Jesus yet, but you know what? They're going to read about him. And they're going to be amazed. I cannot help to think about those days and how amazed, even as a teenager, I was about this man named Jesus. And so, for by grace, like word I shared from Ephesians 2, by the grace of God, through faith, it, it, that is the, our response. Faith is, is the work of God's Holy Spirit working in our hearts, opening our eyes to see the air of our ways to, so that we can see that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And so God uses faith. Faith is the conduit that allows us to experience the grace of God. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And it is by faith. It is by faith that God moves. And God moves us according to his purposes. So that his name is glorified on earth. So that his name is known amongst all people. But now I really want to focus on Ephesians 2.10. Because what says in Ephesians 2.10 is a big part. It's a, it's a really, really important part of why we're here this morning. And it says, for we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So here, basically, the mandate of Jesus saying to go and make disciples. Okay? Go and preach the good news. Is basically, that is the good work that God has prepared beforehand for us. That we should walk in it. That's the most important. That's, that's what really matters. 
when the rubber meets the road, that's basically what his church is supposed to be doing before he returns. Now, I am just sharing all of this with you this morning because we as the church of Jesus should have an urgency to bring the good news of the gospel to people, to every creature on earth. You see, God really is working in each of our lives today. And the work that he's doing is to prepare us for the work he already determined that we should do. God has our future all mapped out. He has a plan. He knows exactly what he wants us to accomplish in this world for his glory. All we have to do is respond in faith and join him in the work he is doing to accomplish his plan. Now, 28 years ago, you know, and growing in uh, after I was 19 years old when I prayed to receive Jesus here in this building. And um, about 28 years ago, I received an invitation to go on my first uh, short-term missions trip. That's another spiritual marker in my life. It signifies the beginning of my journey in missions. And my life changed dramatically. I, I can tell you, I experienced God in a new and amazing way. I experienced God as being a part of missionary teams going on around the world. And my work here in southeastern Wisconsin, in Zion, Illinois, with Youth for Christ especially, has led me on a journey to have an urgency in deep in me to evangelize young people everywhere I go, everywhere that we set foot as Youth for Christ. It's so amazing to walk in the church's church partners and see the cross-cultural community of believers. It's so amazing to see the collective effort of the church, like this morning, the pastoral team, Pastor Will and and the team, how you prepared this morning to have, to be able to have this service on a Sunday morning. It's so amazing to see the hand of God at work through you, in and through you as a church. So I am so thankful that the church of Jesus is alive today because he is a living Savior. He is amazing. Amen. Can you say that with me? Praise God. Um, I want to share one last uh, scripture with you found in, in Romans chapter 10. Verses 14 to 15. And it says this. But how are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? That was me. <laughs> that was me. I had not believed in, in him. 
And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? That was me. I had never heard of Jesus at 14 years old. And how are they to hear without someone preaching? That, that was me. Somebody came to the library to visit with me and told me about him. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? That was them. They got sent. They answered the call in obedience because there was an urgency to preach the gospel before Jesus comes back. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. If you, are, if you have the gift of evangelism, let me encourage you. Don't give up. If you are afraid of sharing Christ with others because you don't want to be rejected, it's okay. Don't take it personal. Do it anyways. Share with people about how God has changed and transformed your life. People will listen. And like I said before, it's not up to you for them to come to Jesus. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Pray. Do pray for them. We serve a good, good father. You know, when I got saved that morning here in this building, I remember I told you back when I was eight years old and I lost my dad, I, I was looking and looking and looking for a father figure, a mentor in my life. And in that morning, that very moment when I said and I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, that's when God said to me, I am your dad. I want to be your dad. There was, there is no, nothing like that, that sensation, that sensation, that, that feeling. But it's really not about feelings and emotion. It's about, it's about assurance. That morning, when I received Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, something happened in me that I cannot describe to this day. But something, maybe what we can call and designate as joy, entered into the picture. <laughs> and I was never the same again. So today, you know, maybe this morning the Holy Spirit is saying to you, okay, would you finally surrender to me? That may be you. You really don't know Jesus Christ. And you have not taken that step of faith to receive him as your personal Lord and Savior. Let me ask you, hey, this morning, what's holding you back? <laughs> Knowing Jesus is amazing. Having and living for Jesus. There's nothing like it. Yes. <laughs> Maybe you 
Maybe you are sitting here in this room thinking, I, I don't have the gift of gab. I cannot talk to people about, I'm afraid. I'm, I don't know where to start. I said, well, you know, just share your testimony on how you, he saved you. But, but yeah, you need to study the word and learn and memorize scripture. And, you know, I, I say to you, begin by memorizing John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him will not die, but have everlasting life. That's simple. That's it. Memorize that scripture. Begin there. You know, we're all sinners. For all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. In Romans chapter 3. Yes, we need a Savior. So you may be thinking, okay, Osmar, where do I begin? Begin with a person that sits next to you at school or the person that sits in the next cubicle at work or works shoulder to shoulder with you and you know out in the field Jesus is coming back he is coming back and every person in this world needs to hear this message of the gospel that is the cure for sin. There is no other cure for eternal death other than the gospel. The gospel is it, right? So, would you stand with me this morning? I believe we have a prayer team. And they sit on this side of the building by that banner where it says prayer. Okay. The members of the prayer team are going to make their way over there. And if you need prayer for anything, anything, maybe it could be related to this message. You, let me invite you to go over there and pray with my brothers and sisters over on that side. Okay, shall we bow our heads and pray? Thank you, Lord. Father, it is just amazing to be in your presence. Your word says that in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And God, we share in this joy this morning. Lord, I thank you for this honor and privilege you've given me to stand before my brothers and sisters at this stage and tell them my story how you saved me and why and why it's important to share the good news with others Lord come quickly Lord but before you come back Father our heart's desire is to have shared the good news with everyone that we encounter family, friends, acquaintances, people in the marketplace, people in the community. Lord, use us to be your vessels of honor, your ambassadors. 
And so, Father, we, we look forward to the day when we're standing before you. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. If you would like to know more about Kenosha City Church, then check us out online at kenosha.church or on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Kenosha City Church. Lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to follow us so that you never have to miss an episode. At Kenosha City Church, we are not perfect people, but real people being made new through Jesus.